there was a case of maybe some frustration on our part where we thought we had a good conversation and we thought that there was something to do and then there was nothing coming back from the prospect. And so after maybe that first month, we just either got lazy, you know, didn't think it was a real opportunity at the time or something like that. And we didn't really fully lean in to building out our relationships with the rest of the organization. That's Jacob Bobeck, Executive Vice President at CBRE. In this episode, Dan and I take Jake through an active conversation dissection. This is an exercise we regularly do with our clients to help them evaluate how they're showing up in their conversations. Through this process, we'll uncover how to respond when you're getting surface level answers to your questions and why talking to the right person is key in helping your prospect debate change. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. So I think it would be helpful for our listeners, Jake, if you gave us a little bit of background into how the conversation process started with this one prospect in particular that we're going to talk about. It initiated from a cold outreach about six months ago. And was the cold outreach via phone, email? How did you guys land the meeting? It was probably a combination of both and showing up at their office or something. So we're the office space game and we are known from time to time to show up at people's offices as well as call them and email them. What were they expecting in the first conversation? What, what was the, the purpose of the meeting? It's important, I think, just to share that we're in the commercial real estate business. My team and I are. And so there's just been a, a tremendous amount of uncertainty and people trying to figure out how they're going to work and use their office space in the future. So the outreach was on that. In our particular market, there's just been a lot of intellectual property to share with some of those matters. And so the, the prospect was very interested in hearing from us about some just specific real estate sort of things. So the initial meeting was with an executive level and a director level person, both from the prospect side, and took place on Zoom. And we had a probably about an hour long conversation with them answering, you know, a lot of their questions, you know, us asking them some questions to really understand, you know, if and how we could help. And so that lasted for about an hour. So you get into this conversation, what was their demeanor? Well, I think it was a demeanor of curiosity, asking us a lot of questions about what they should be doing. So they were super engaged, thoughtful, and you know, clearly trying to gain better knowledge of some of our subject matter to take back and report to their team. Was there a specific decision that they were evaluating making, or was this more so a consultative conversation where they were looking to glean insights from industry experts like yourselves? I think the latter. I think they were looking for really subject matter expertise. There wasn't an immediate decision point that they had any urgency around. So the decision point was probably about 12 months out from when our initial conversation was. So again, it was more fact-finding and understanding things more than a real you know, interview at that time. So from that conversation, what did you all decide to do as a next step At the end of the meeting, they wanted uh, a proposal for some services from us that were more subject matter 
requests for information. And it was workplace information, right, of, of how they would work different and, and potentially run a hybrid, what we call hybrid in our business, which is part remote work, part in-person work. And that has a dramatic effect on someone's office space because they can use less office space, right? So they were looking at subject matter for how to work differently and then how to reduce costs. And when they asked for the proposal, what happened next? So we, we had a, you know what we thought was a good meeting. They asked for a proposal. We sent them a proposal and then nothing happened for 120 days, right? So it was this you know, prospect telling us they needed all this stuff to help them go back to their office space and they were really engaged in it and they wanted to you know, really lean in and look at executing. And then nothing happened for three or four months. Okay. So let's take a pause right there. Jake, anything else in the process that you would have done differently looking at this situation from hindsight? So if you fast forward, we were not hired on this particular assignment. And so if you look back at that four-month period, you know, we were delegated talking to, you know, the second chair, the lieutenant person. And as we politely tried to keep, you know, our touches up with them over that four month period where they weren't really communicative with us, we got into the habit of talking to that second chair person and only that second chair person. We didn't follow up with the higher executive person, nor did we take the time to really try and get to know anybody else on their staff. And so I think there was a case of, maybe some frustration on our part where we thought we had a good conversation and we thought that there was something to do and then there was nothing coming back from the prospect. And so after maybe that first month, we just either got lazy, you know, didn't think it was a real opportunity at the time or something like that. And we didn't really fully lean in to building out our relationships with the rest of the organizational chart. If we go back to what their perspective was, at the beginning of this conversation, when you mentioned that they hadn't really decided that they needed to change anything. And at the end of the conversation, they were asking for a proposal. Do you think that they really objectively evaluated making a change prior to getting that proposal? No, I, I don't think that they did, but it was communicated to us that it was something they needed to take back to their committee and discuss before they would move forward with anything. So Jake, what made you guys decide that it was worth your time to do a proposal? The kind of backhanded funny answer is, well, it was the middle of COVID in the office space world and we didn't have anything else to do. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, it was somebody who needed some help, right? And they were asking a lot of questions about how we could help them. So I think our mentality going into it was, well, there are some real opportunities here to help these particular people, right? Or this particular company. And so I think our mindset, again, was, hey, look, let's get them a proposal and show them what we can do. And those things that we proposed to them were helpful in our mind to be able to help them. So when you were talking to them, did you get a chance to ask them, if you decide to do something different here, how will they measure the success? Like, what do they want to see and observe in their business that tells them this was a path or a solution worth taking? You know, we didn't, right? And I think that was one of the misses. So there was the first conversation with the executive person and the director person. Then there's nothing for four months. Then we're just starting to talk to the director level person again, right? So the second chair. So we spent a lot of time with him flushing a lot of those things out, Dan, but he couldn't answer the process or the evaluation sort of questions. 
He was very focused on getting as much information as he could from us, giving us some tactical things that they had talked about amongst their committee, but he couldn't really give us any strategic answers uh, to those sort of questions. When he couldn't give you those answers, what was going on in your head? What was your gut telling you? Well, I think my gut was telling me that we weren't talking to a decision maker person. And I was fighting this uphill battle, you know, trying to get to the more kind of higher level decision maker person. We had one of the decision makers on, we had the second chair. We just never got back to the decision maker person again. So we spent more time with the director getting his information and his look at things. And when we got into the room for the formal interview, you know, it was clear he didn't have everybody's thoughts in the room. You know, I mean, you know, five minutes into the meeting, it was clear that other people were maybe thinking other things. And we tried to draw that out of them, or at least ask them some questions around what they were thinking, what had been shared, what hadn't been shared. And as those people were talking, it was pretty clear that this, you know, one particular director person just wasn't able to share everything with us. If you could have done something different in that situation on continuing to have access to that executive, what do you think you would have done different knowing what you know now? I I think we would have spent more time or been more assertive that that decision maker person who we identified should be in the conversations. What do you think you, you would have asked them? Well, I think we would have asked them a lot of the same questions that we were asking, you know, the director. But I think we probably would have gotten a little bit better answers. As we were going through, we have the first meeting, we have this middle piece of the pursuit, and then we have the eventual interview. So in the middle piece, we just, we weren't getting a lot of really deep, thoughtful and strategic answers. So you were getting answers, but it sounds like they're more of the, the, more of the fact-based kind of like answers, the, the neutral, very generic answers. You weren't getting any kind of vision or a frame of reference about where they were headed toward and why in particular they wanted to head in that direction. You weren't getting that kind of stuff, right? Correct. I mean, we were getting the surface level nuts and bolts answers of the real estate rather than a strategic vision process, how a decision gets made, what sort of criteria that they were going to evaluate. I mentioned earlier that there was a couple of our competitors pursuing the same prospect. We never got their criteria for their process on their side. And we asked those questions, we just weren't getting the answers. There's usually two reasons why we don't get answers, Jake. The number one reason we don't get an answer is because the individual prospect or whomever they might be across the table from us doesn't understand the intent of our question. So like if they felt like they were maybe being led down somewhere or they were it was at risk, they were going to be led somewhere or there was a risk that if they share too much of their pain, it might be used against them. Reason number two is that they didn't understand either the value of the question and why the question was worth thinking through. Do you think it was either one of those? I definitely do. You call out a couple really kind of critical points there, Dan. So I think that we probably didn't put enough empathy around the questions. So we probably didn't explain, we didn't take the time to explain why we were asking the question and why it might be helpful to them. I think that was a piece of it. Hold on, hold on, stay stay there. I mean, to reflect back and to acknowledge that's powerful because you said something really important there, right? Which is the empathy piece. They didn't really understand 
like how they would benefit from investing in the answer. I No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I think that falls on us, right? As the salesperson is, is to present those questions in, in a way that, that shows them how we're trying to help them, right? And I, I don't think we, we explain that to them very well. I'm going to add a, another variable here. Let's pretend you had it back, you were talking to the same person, and you were able to use some empathy. Do you think the individual was capable of giving you an answer? Or it was those types of questions were maybe just beyond what they were willing or able to think through? Or they felt like it wasn't their responsibility to be thinking that through? You know, I think the, the shorthanded person to me wants to be dismissive and say that the person didn't have the capability to answer the question, but that's probably not right. I think he probably could have asked the question maybe with the right building the question. And then thinking back at the situation, when we did ask those strategic questions and we didn't get a strategic answer back, we didn't push back and challenge again. We just kind of accepted the short response from the prospect or the surface level response. And recalling now there's a lot of deflection on the strategic questions. And just going back to, oh, well, X, Y, and Z are important to us in the committee, right? Rather than him explaining why those things might be important to them. And so again, I think more building the questions and then two challenging back rather than taking the surface answers. I don't know if it would have uh, won the day, but it certainly would have got us some more clarity as we were continuing our pursuit. If we could have done that, Right, we could have built the questions more. We could have added more empathy. We could have explained why we asked these questions. We could have drilled down another two, three, four levels on those questions and challenged back. Maybe that would have triggered that person to bring back in someone else from the executive committee to be able to answer those questions. Yeah, and if not having them in the conversation, at least he would be motivated to go get the answers to those questions from the people who might have the answers. Correct. Let's stop there for a second. If this individual was going to go do that, to you guys' point, go get the answers, how would we have motivated that person to spend their time going and getting those answers? Because there's no guarantee this individual that you were talking to cared about it. They might have looked at it like their job was to collect as much information as possible regarding their potential decision path, but nothing more. So how would we have motivated them? Maybe there isn't a way to motivate them. I don't know how, other than asking them questions and trying to be thoughtful and helpful, even if we would have done a better job at that, maybe we would not have been able to motivate them. But maybe on our side, we could have recognized that or have more clarity around that sooner and maybe made a different decision on how we continued our pursuit with that particular prospect. Did you get a chance to ask this individual who was kind of running point with you guys, what do they think the other committee members? feel the priorities here? And how do the other committee members view success? Does the committee have clarity on that? If so, what does that sound and look like? We did the first couple layers of that, right? And asked them what the committee thought, what they were looking for. We got some of those answers. But again, when we got to the, Dan, you were going to a more strategic question of how they find clarity or their process or, or how they see things we didn't quite get there, right? So if there's, call it five or six layers down and a question you can go, we probably played in the first two and couldn't get down further below that. And I think that that was 
again, it wasn't that we weren't asking some of those questions. I think it was just a, it was a matter of not really leaning in and really challenging the prospect. I think maybe again, looking back, our team got a little bit frustrated for lack of a better word that we weren't getting the answers to the those first couple of questions that we were maybe looking for and gave up drilling further down once we weren't getting more strategic and, and thoughtful responses. Do you think your team got caught up on looking for specific answers and got frustrated? Or do you think they got frustrated just because the quality of answers was too generic to begin with? I can't speak for the rest of the team, but for me, it was the latter, right? It was just the quality of answers coming back. And look, it takes a lot of time to really drill down and slow these prospects down and be thoughtful and find clarity. One issue that that I find myself having is sometimes I'm quick, a little quick to get frustrated and not spend the time that's needed to spend the time when we have them. I mean, th- these meetings take, they take a lot of time and a lot of effort just to get the initial meeting, right? And I think that's why I get so frustrated sometimes with these losses. If we spend so much time, we have an opportunity. And now, especially looking back, I'm like, man, if I just would have spent 20 more minutes, right? Or just if I maybe would have slowed myself down and, you know, wouldn't have been that much time in the grand scheme of things. And the from the initial contact to the final meeting and their decision, maybe if I would have spent an extra 15, 30, 45 minutes in the middle of that process or me and my team would have, challenging back, spending a little bit more time asking some of the questions that you're talking about. Again, I don't know if it would have changed the outcome of their decision, but I think it would have allowed us to have a little bit more clarity and maybe even for them to have a little bit more clarity about us as we move forward in the interview stage. So from moving forward, how do you prepare yourself in the moment or remind yourself in the moment to slow down? Because this is going to happen again. One of the things is having these deal dissections with you guys, right? So so we're doing this on this podcast, but but we've probably spent a few hours with really digging back and looking at these. And our team likes to look at, look, we all like to celebrate the wins, right? And get really happy about the wins and everyone high fives and that's great. But I think where you learn the most is really kind of wallowing in the pain of these losses. No one likes to lose. No one likes to lose to competitors. We finished our interview and we walked down and there's our competitor, commercial real estate broker sitting in the lobby. We know and compete with all the time. And we had a nice laugh about that. But at the same time, like we want to win and we play in a zero sum game. We either get the sale and we make some money or we don't and we don't make any money. Right. So really thinking through these sort of outcomes and what we could have done better and learning from them. I think is the only way to slow down and correct yourself on future opportunities. When that meeting was over, did you get a chance to ask the prospect if anything resonated during the discussion? And then if nothing did, that's fine. That's my favorite question. It it, it literally is my favorite question because whatever's in my head that I'm trying to get them to understand, when I ask that question, something completely opposite comes back from them. And it's really telling. And I forget the exact answers that they gave us. And that, but when I heard them, I'm like, oh man, they totally missed what we were talking about. And what resonated with them or what they told us resonated with them, I think in my gut, I knew it right there that like we didn't connect. And so in that case, what do you wish you would have done different at that moment? We, you could always call it out, 
right? And say, hey, guys, look, I'm getting this feeling that maybe some of the things that we talked through and went through maybe didn't connect or just be maybe vulnerable, right? And say, if I get it, those things are good. But what about maybe X, Y, and Z that we talked about? Or just in a vulnerable state, say, hey, look, I, I think we missed a connection here. Can we maybe rewind the tape a little bit and, and talk through a couple of other things? And I think I hadn't thought about that question. But again, just looking back, what I'm feeling now is we just we didn't take the time to challenge back or to call some things out or to be vulnerable. And again, if we could have done that, I don't know if it would have changed the result, but I think I'd be sitting here telling you we did everything we could rather than we probably didn't. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's lappin dot com, And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?